and welcome to the Please See Attached podcast, where we delve into everything digital marketing and discuss the strange, wonderful, and sometimes dangerous ways in which the internet has been shaping our lives. I'm Steve Gould, and I host this podcast along with my colleagues, Daphna Ben-Yehoshua, Jensen Lee, and Matt Plouf. In today's episode, we talk about why blogging is important for businesses. This is a question we encounter a lot in our work, with clients asking us whether they should have a blog on their website. If you have a business or are planning to start one, it might be something you've been thinking about too. Today, Daphna will be giving us some insights from her experience as a professional blogger, and Matt will be explaining how a blog makes it easier for your business to be found online. All good stuff, guys. So let's dive right in. How often do you guys find yourself reading blogs, work-related, life-related, shopping-related? Daphna? Pretty often, I would say. Just one example I can think of was when I was looking for winter boots. In my case, I'm looking for vegan winter boots. And then just searching for that online, I would come across blog posts about the 10 best vegan winter boots, uh, so on. And like, you know, with details about each of them, links to where you can buy them and so on. Um, also for work, I've been writing about digital marketing for a very long time now. And, you know, it's always helpful for me to find other blogs online that write about digital marketing. And, you know, like every major company um, has one like if you talk about uh, HubSpot or you know any other companies like that they have like very informative blogs you can get a ton of information I've been using those a lot so yeah I definitely use blogs a lot <laughs> that's great I mean when you said about HubSpot I see them all the time and they have stuff coming out I don't even know if it's daily but for sure weekly with really useful information obviously directed at their platform and their business it's interesting to me that a lot of these big businesses are doing it on a very regular basis so there has to be some value and I know we're going to get into the value and, and what it means I mean for me I didn't read a lot of blogs and then when we started to be more active in the space uh, I did I started to read more I get my medium email and there's some really interesting things I found in there and you could go down a deep rabbit hole with this stuff. One leads to another, leads to another. It's like YouTube. All the videos start flowing and the you know, next thing you know, it's four hours later. I'm sure you've been down that hole, Matt. What about you? Are you a, a blog reader? Yeah, definitely. I try to source blogs for information as much as possible, whether it's regarding purchases, information on taxes, first time home buyers, plans, any of that kind of information. I specifically try to look for blogs that are trying to give you sort of the personal side of things. I love it when people are speaking on their own behalf within blogs. I find that kind of information sort of the most real. Yeah, but when you're doing it that way, Matt, and you want that personal info, you have to hope you're getting a, a reliable source, right? Absolutely. Um, and a lot of times there's going to be blogs that sort of reference information or talk about their own experiences with, you know, real numbers and links and whatever it might be. So, but yeah, it's always important to have sort of references to data or information throughout blog content. Yeah, I think it's important to qualify where you're getting your information from because, you know, as we say in our intro that sometimes we go into the dangerous ways in the internet has been shaping our lives and certainly there are people out there blogging for evil. Jensen, what about you? Yeah, for me, I'm I'm more of the educational side of blogs. So I really do like looking at blogs that talk about best practices in the industry that we work in and just kind of seeing what trends are out there and thought leadership in that space. So I do enjoy learning about those kind of topics on blog sites. 
Awesome. So we all do it in our own way. And I'm curious, Jensen and Matt, I mean, Daphne, you gave me some insight into your vegan world. And until you said vegan boots, I'm like, yeah, actually, that makes sense. But that's something I would think about. And I'm curious as to which ones you bought, but we could talk about that later. Do you guys use blogs for any of your music that you are into? Yes, absolutely. Me and my friends, we always put together our personal top 10 albums of the year. And I always dive into blogs to see what I might have um, forgotten about or missed throughout the previous 365 days. So blogs like Pitchfork and there's a ton of smaller, you know, Tumblr pages, Tumblr blogs and those kinds of things that I save the links to to reference just for, you know, sourcing new music and also trying to recall what came out over the past year. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty similar in the same respect. Uh, I use Pitchfork, NME, those sites where you have those music blogs on. Uh, I also use Reddit. So surfing through the forums to try to figure out some new music and suggestions. So as long as you're not influencing stock prices on Reddit, Jensen, I think you're safe. <laughs> so I think Daphne, you had some stats you wanted to go over regarding blogs. Yes, I do have some stats from HubSpot that really kind of show how important blogs can be for business. So currently, businesses with blogs receive 55% more traffic than businesses that don't have blogs on their websites. Also, businesses that have blogs get 67% more leads per month than businesses that don't have blogs. And uh, 70% of consumers would rather learn about a company from articles than from ads. So that's another important thing, especially for those of us in the marketing and advertising industry. This is, you know, important to know. Those are powerful numbers. Yes. I mean, the stats are telling and, you know, it's the beauty of our business in the world of digital. Everything is measurable and, and there's analysis and data and statistics to back up a lot of what we do and a lot of what we recommend for our clients to do. Yeah, definitely. Cool. And, and you know, so so if, if, you know, say we were talking to a client, what would we list for them as some of the main benefits of blogging? Yeah. So I think the first and foremost benefit probably is that blogs help drive traffic to your website, especially when your brand isn't very well known yet. That's really important to get that traffic, to get more people to, to see your website and your products or services that you offer. So, so let's say you're a wedding photographer. People looking for wedding photography services often like think about what different styles of wedding photos there are, what they want to get. So they will search for that on Google or any other search engine. Then if you write a blog post on that on your blog, uh, explain the different photography styles, those prospective customers might see your post when they search and then click through to your website. They're exposed to your services and what you offer. So you do need to make sure that your website is optimized for search engines to, to index that content. And this is something Matt will talk more about later in the episode. Another benefit is that blogs can answer questions. So kind of similar to the first point, but a blog really allows you to provide value to existing and potential customers through relevant content that addresses their questions and needs. So it's good practice when you write a blog to think or even like research what your audience's pain points are and what they most commonly search for when looking for your type of service or product. And then write blog posts that address those issues and answer those questions. And, you know, if you provide information that's valuable and relevant and high quality, your potential customers will come to see you as an authority in your field, which is another thing I'm going to expand on in a bit. And when they're ready to purchase that service or product, it's more likely they will purchase from you because you provided those answers they needed for their questions. 
Another benefit is lead generation. So a blog can help you generate leads for your business.、Uh, in one of our recent episodes, we talked about CDAs or calls to action, like buy now, learn more, subscribe, contact us, etc. So every blog post that you write, every piece of content, you really need to make sure to include a CDA in it. So, for example, at the end of the post, you can suggest that traders subscribe to your newsletter or contact you for more advice, and then through That you're generating leads for your business, people you can contact and offer them your services or products. And if people are interested in your services, this might prompt them to sign up or send you a message. And with this, you can add new leads to your mailing list too, so they can keep seeing more content and offers from you in their mailbox. Another benefit is that blogs are great for establishing your brand. So through the blog, you can really show your audience who you are and what the brand is about. Even get personal. Personal and talk about the individual or individuals behind the brand. I really liked what Matt said about people writing their personal experiences, the personal stories. This is great for blogging, really showing who you are, and in this way, people can really get a sense of the brand personality, the values the brand stands for. This can really help them make the decision if their values are aligned with your brand values. It's more likely that they will purchase from you. Going back to the thought leadership、uh, topic, so a blog is amazing if you want to be perceived as thought leader in your field. Blog is a great way to do that. If you write high quality blog posts on topics related to your business, this will establish you as an authority on the topic. And if that's really one of your main goals in starting a blog, you really need to make sure that your posts are detailed, well researched, have the the data, are very informative. They include exactly Examples and the relevant images, you know, just so people can understand it. Like you really know what you're talking about, and you're an expert in this. And when you're perceived as an expert, you know people are more likely to choose to do business with you than with your competitors.、Uh, so as I've said before, I have read a lot of blogs on digital marketing, advertising, social media marketing. I've read a ton of blogs on those things, and at some point, it becomes very clear who is an expert on the topic and who is just winging it, <laughs> not really an expert, copying from other blogs,、uh, not really going into detail. You you can really see it pretty clearly. Somebody's a good writer or a bad writer. You can kind of suss out the the ones who are pushing a、yeah. little BS versus the ones who are more honest and heartfelt with their message. Yeah, yeah, that too, and the kind of information they rely on. So something I always notice when I read like a blog post、um, about like any topic, really.、Uh, sometimes you know you just see the stats, but you, you don't see like like where. Where the blogger got them from? Like they, they don't、uh, give their the resources. So how can you know those stats are even true? You know, you might be, just be well, making them up. Well, that goes back to your grade eleven and twelve English classes, where you know citations, citations, citations. Yeah, yeah, I think that's really important. Well, you're legitimizing what the information you're putting out there. So if you want to be that that thought leader, you should have legitimate information that you're sharing with your readers. Yeah. So some more benefit is、um, you can 
use your blog to help generate demand for your product or service. So sometimes you're trying to sell, like, you know, maybe a new product that people don't know too much about. So what would make them want to search it in the first place or buy it? So for example, if you're selling organic pet food, maybe your audience doesn't necessarily know what it is or why it might be beneficial for their pets. So you can write blog posts about that, what the ingredients of the food are, how it's manufactured, or posts about the health benefits of organic pet food. If you launch a new line of food, you can write a blog post announcing it and explain what's different and special about the new line. So these types of posts can help convince your audience that your product is what they need. So actually create the demand for it. Another way of using your blog is for engaging with your audience. So you can enable comments on the posts and then reply to people's comments in a helpful, positive way to kind of nurture that relationship and earn their trust. Also, when you share your posts on social media and people comment on them, that's another channel you can engage with them and start a conversation. Two last points, which are kind of connected. When you share stuff on social media or newsletters or whatever, so blog posts make for very shareable content. So if you're looking to boost your social media presence, for example, blog posts are really great content to share on whatever media, uh, social media channels you're on. When you share their posts, more people are exposed to them, their reactions and comments and so on help you reach even more people. Or if you have a newsletter, then a new blog post is a good reason to email your mailing list, keep you top of mind when you pop in their inbox. So yeah, those posts are great for sharing wherever you can share them. And then you can also repurpose them in many different ways. So if you've written a blog post with 12 tips for choosing a wedding photographer, uh, you can create like a, a graphic around each tip and then post those to your social media channels. And those are 12 individual pieces of content instead of just one or you can take that blog and record a podcast episode about it or make a video or a series of videos. And then the more content you share, the more types of content and the more channels, again, you get more reach, more people will see you. And some of those might end up uh, on your website and become customers. So really the whole flow of the blog is you're becoming quite a big storyteller and your story has purpose and you have different ways of telling that story in different chapters or different blogs and everything drives everything. And the importance of it is very clear, at least in my estimation. And this is something that uh, I think everybody really needs to think seriously about and make sure they're doing it right. Because I think a lot of people could do it, but they may not do it the way that is going to benefit them the most. So those are great points, Daphna. Thank you very much for sharing it. And obviously you are our expert blog person, our go-to blog expert per se. And we've had some great success with our own blogs as well as for our clients. So it's great. I wanted to go back to that first point about traffic, though. And and Matt, can you give us an explanation of how a blog helps a website to get found through Google? Yeah. So when it comes to SEO, Google and sort of the industry always says content is king. And what that always refers to is adding content to your website, whether it's updating your pages to include more details onto your service pages or the areas that you service. Uh, But additionally, content is a really big one. And a lot of clients that we have, we talk about blog programs that we might want to put together. And when we suggest topics, they say, how is that relevant to me trying to sell by 
bicycles. And that was just an example. But if we are looking for ways to speak to a cyclist audience, we might not always just want to be talking about bicycles. We want to be talking about uh, other things within the bicycle industry. You know, it could be as simple as the invention of the wheel and conversations around a blog that uh, have that. Now, where the SEO value comes from is when people like you and me start searching for answers to these questions, such as the invention of the wheel. And if there is quality content on your website that has that information and can answer those types of questions, Google will drive traffic to those websites because it has the answers. Google knows the content that's on there and it will allow the user to find it and hopefully get the answer that they're looking for. So it is used to increase traffic and search volume through those types of queries. So looking at items that aren't necessarily related to your business, but will help get people to your website to answer the questions that they might be asking. Well, that's that's some uh, good information, Matt. And I, I know from pitches that we have done, we, we talk SEO a lot. And as you can see, the tie in between the two is, is really critical. So yeah, thanks for that. I mean, obviously we offer this service and something that we believe in very strongly. We do it for our own brand and our own business. And we would recommend that all of our clients should really take part in this. And, you know, if you don't want to use us, that's fine too, but you should use make sure you have like a freelance content writer or an agency that offers content writing services like Onboard Digital does uh, with our expert Daphna. So it's a lot, a lot of valuable information about blogs. And this is, I think, definitely not the last time we will be discussing blogging and content on the podcast because we have a lot to say about it. We know, you know, from a lot of experts out there that content is king. And when I started digging into some of these experts, Gary V was one of the ones that I, I started looking at really close. And he's, you know, somebody asked him at one of his uh, seminars, how much content should I put out? And he threw out a number is like 30 pieces a day. And I'm like, who, who can do that? that? That is so much content. But I think Daphna, you know, your point about repurposing content was also part of what he was talking about. So you can have one piece and that one piece can turn into five or six easily because you can repurpose it on different platforms. You can take pieces of it and use it in other places. So there's so much you can do. So it's important to focus on your content and how you're going to use it. So yeah, I'll I'll just jump in. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. So I think a big way to have a individual or business start writing their own content and getting their own blogs posted, the best way to come up with topics is to answer questions that your business already gets. So if people are asking your team or your salespeople, or just you as the individual, uh, certain questions that you know that you have the information to answer. It's likely that more people are asking these questions online as well. People aren't just going to one source these days. So, uh, and also a lot of people like to default online search before they actually ask these questions. Some people don't want to feel like they're asking dumb questions or something along those lines. But if you're writing your own content or trying to come up with topics yourself, one of the best ways is just to answer questions that people are already asking you. I think it's a great point, Matt. And it's a it's a great starter for anybody who's having a hard time trying to figure out what to write about. Because, you know, we go through, we have meetings and talk about content and what we should be writing about and discussing. So for sure, if somebody's out there and it's just them or one or two people, It can be difficult to come up with ideas, but that is a great, great suggestion. So thank you for that. And and definitely everybody out there, uh, stay tuned for more on content and blogs and podcasts and all kinds of good things. So that was great. Let's uh, let's move on now. Before we say goodbye, we're going to take a walk down digital memory lane. Remember when. 
Remember web forums? The precursor to social media. Some of those still exist, like Reddit, but most online conversations have moved to social. Did you guys ever participate in these? I mean, let's talk about our experiences and I can start you guys off because I absolutely did not. It seems to me like it's one of those things that fell through my generational gap. I I mean, I use Reddit now. So Jensen, I'm going to guess that you probably were uh, one of those web forum users for lots of fun stuff like concerts and talking to your friends and other things. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, do you guys remember the MSN message boards or the Yahoo message boards? Yeah, I was. Yahoo Answers. Yeah, I was definitely fantastic. A big user of uh, those forums before Reddit or MySpace or anything like that. I would go there to look for new music, uh, new bands putting out their music through uh, those forums. So through there, finding out uh, what bands were playing uh, in Toronto that were all ages. So uh, that was a big thing for me. Daphne, what about you? What kind of uh, experience did you have in the world of, of forums? Yeah, so I remember two examples come to mind. So when I was in university, the university I was at uh, had like a very large web forum and it wasn't just about school. It had tons of topics and subtopics like where people could discuss music, TV shows, hobbies. I think there was like a kind of a dating <laughs> sub forum as well where people could meet. Um, so yeah, I mean, that was like an early forum or Facebook or something. And I remember using that a lot when I was in university. I also met some people on there, uh, had some very interesting conversations. So, so that's one example. Uh, the other one I remember was when I was going to travel to Ecuador and the Galapagos Islands, which I did about 10 years ago. And I was looking for someone to to go with. I didn't want to go on my own. And one of the largest, uh, you know, camping and travel stores, uh, chains in Israel um, had a web forum. I don't know if it still exists today, but at that time it did. And like you could find discussions there about like traveling and also use it like to to find people to travel with. And I actually found um, another person to travel with uh, through that form. So that was very useful. That's pretty cool. Is this a person that you are still in contact with today? No, not really. But like we were together traveling for about a month and then like we kind of stayed, you know, on and off um, friends for about a couple of years after that. Yeah, I had a, I had a few friends that I actually met through um, the couch surfing uh, website or the forum. I don't know if you guys ever use that one either. Mm-hmm. Never used it, but I've heard about it. Yeah, yeah. So I, I met a couple of people um, uh, backpacking through uh, South America that way. And uh, yeah, we're still friends. Yeah, I remember when you did that. Wasn't that was that the trip you took after uh, the movie biz? Uh, no, that was actually like a year after. So I came back and then went off again. <laughs> you should write. You should write some uh, some blog posts just for fun about your different couch surfing experiences. Yeah, actually, that'd be a good idea. I, I coffee table. Yeah, book. I did. Uh, I did a lot of journaling when I was traveling. So. I haven't actually opened them to read them again, so maybe one day I will. Cool, cool. And uh, Matthew, what about you? I'm guessing you were a heavy user. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't say heavy user, but it was like specific things where I wanted to get more information. Um, I I think I vividly remember using them for video games, so trying to figure out um, with Final Fantasy VII when that came out years and but probably at this point, decades ago, just sort of getting cheat codes. Inf- yeah, cheat codes, but also information on like what to do next, because it was one of those open world games. And if you didn't walk in front of the right thing at the right 
point in time you you'd be lost so i'd get onto that and just try and figure out ways to help myself through the game and then yeah cheat codes all those kinds of things i remember cheat codes for like tony hawks where you could have unlimited everything and all this other stuff and um but yeah it was it was mostly used for me for video games um i've always even to this day appreciated yahoo answers most of the time it's for hilarity and just for sort of comical relief and trying to see what the answers are but at the same time you can also get really informational or informative uh, personal experiences that come through some of those yahoo answers so uh that's something that me and my friends have always referenced and and joked about yeah it's a bunch of yahoos given answers i'm assuming yeah exactly well, some people really care about yeah. it too that's the funny part yeah i bet i bet it's like when you google florida man and your birth date and see what happens yeah exactly cool awesome well that's some uh, some good information good stories i'm gonna have to dig into some web forums and see what i can learn on them being that almost boomer i think that's pretty much it for today guys so thank you for listening to this episode of please see attached if you have any questions or comments on businesses or blogging for business, you can email us at psa at getonboard.ca. You can also follow us on social to get an update on when our next episode airs. Our Facebook is Please See Attached and our Instagram is at please.see.attached. That's it for this episode. We hope you've enjoyed the show. And if you like the episode, don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. See you on the next episode of Please See Attached. Bye-bye.